Well, good morning, folks. It is the middle of the week, and I'm going to pick back up here in Philippians 1. Uh, let's see, verse 12, and I think I'll go through verse 18. Paul is um, hes going to get into a pretty interesting little uh, explanation of the way that the way that the going forth of the gospel works. And uh, I've struggled a bit with this passage. What I mean struggled is I struggled to understand it. And I actually, you know, went back and did some study of this, this you know, a while back and kind of came to an understanding of it that I was like, that really helped me. So maybe it'll help you as well this morning as, as, we, as we talk through this. So this is verses 12 through 18. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard or the whole palace and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some, indeed, preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So what do we have here? We have Paul you know, writing to the Philippian church out of his joy to tell them that, hey, I'm here in... Um, you know, Rome, presumably, and under kind of the arrest of the palace guard. And from that place, he is essentially declaring the gospel to all who will hear, the guards, the household of Caesar. I mean, it's just a mind-blowing means by which the gospel goes forth. And, And it doesn't happen right then and there, but eventually the gospel does permeate uh, the empire, and when the gospel permeates the empire, the, the you know Christianity becomes you know the really essentially the religion of the world at that point. So, um, but what Paul is saying here is that um, that he sees his imprisonment there as being for to be used for Jesus, but also directed by Jesus. That he doesn't consider this to be some sort of error or mistake, and that. The, the brothers in Christ, the family, the, you know, the, the, the church that's risen up around him actually has become more emboldened as they watch his example to become uh, fearless in, in their declaration of the gospel. And then he unpacks that. And he says, and this is the part that I had struggled with before. He says, you know, some guys are out there, some people are out there preaching it, the, the, you know, the gospel out of like envy or rivalry, but but others doing it, you know, with the right heart. Um, and I was like, what is this, you know, what does he mean by this? I mean, what, what is, how do you preach the gospel from that perspective? And, um, what I think he's saying here is that there are people who want to, once they get hold of the gospel, let's just make it preachers. So it doesn't have to be anybody else. Let's just use the the, the context of the gospel of the of the American church, so that we're not having to look anywhere else. Um, and you've probably seen how 
churches can act, you know, competitively. And once somebody, I mean, nobody goes into ministry thinking, you know, I'm going to wreck a bunch of lives or I'm going to hurt people. I'm, it's not, people go in with, with this pure hearted, good motive, but then they begin to see that, you know, the, the platform and the, the prominence of, of their words and so forth make, you know, bring them more and more, um, uh, notice more affirmation, more validation. And so oftentimes, you know, ministries can begin to, to adopt a spirit of competition where, you know, one is not necessarily wanting to do all that God would, just all that God would call it to do. I mean, uh, follow me here. I'm not trying to be hypercritical. I'm just saying that the, the, the only motivation should be, Jesus, what would you have us do? And that can give way to, we want to serve your will, God, but we want to do it in a way that makes us look better than the next guy. You know, that we want some people to choose us over, over some other ministry. We want, there's, we want their support, their attendance, their love, their adulation more than they would give it to somebody else. And what Paul is basically saying is, is that there are others that are out there. Not everybody's doing it that way. There are some who are out there doing it purely and they're doing it there for, um, for only for the sake of the gospel. And he says, the bottom line is it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is what I love. He's saying the bottom line is I don't care if people are out there proclaiming Jesus, really proclaiming Jesus, and they're doing it out of selfish ambition, um, and they're doing it thinking that somehow that's going to hurt me and make me feel jealous because I'm here and in prison and they're doing something I can't do now because I'm confined, they're wrong. It doesn't matter. If the gospel is going forth, then that's what matters. That then, And ultimately, people... Or we're all going to have to stand before God someday and have our motives and our, uh, you know, our 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 actions judged. Uh, and so, what Paul is saying is, if the if jail, if being in jail and having to go before Caesar and maybe you know my life is going to be taken from me, if that doesn't hinder the gospel from going forward in any way, then some guy who's out there who is preaching Jesus, but internally he's motivated by selfish ambition and not by just seeing the gospel go forth, that's not going to hinder the gospel either. Like God's sovereign will is is that this whole world would know his word and then he comes. And so the gospel is advancing and it's advancing forcefully and if you don't if you think that christianity is dying because of what we see around us in in america you know with regards to more lukewarm folks and churches that aren't growing and so forth you don't see what god's doing worldwide christianity is exploding you know worldwide the gospel is going forth and it will reach the ends of the earth and all people who are unreached and have not heard the gospel will hear the gospel not everyone does it out of perfectly pure motives and there are some who are out there who who would fuel their ministry by jealousy or a desire to uh, achieve more than 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 some other you know peer in ministry it doesn't matter if the gospel is it matters it matters for them because the quality of their life isn't isn't great but what paul says if the gospel is being proclaimed if jesus is being proclaimed then i have joy well, I want to I want to live a life that embraces and embodies that same attitude towards the the, the 
the preaching of the gospel. If the true gospel, if Jesus is truly being pro- proclaimed, then that gives me joy. Does it give you joy? I hope so. And I hope that uh, you will find someone today, this very day, uh, with whom you can share the truth and the power and the beauty of the grace of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would pour out your spirit on us, that we might be like those followers of Paul who were emboldened by his example, and we were more willing to speak the gospel without fear. We pray, Lord, we wouldn't be motivated by envy or rivalry, but we would be motivated by goodwill, a great desire, a deep desire in our heart to see your gospel go forth into the world and to be defended in all places at all times. And uh, Jesus, we rejoice as we see that happening. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and Maranatha.